I'm Dr. Amy Robbins, and welcome to Life, Death, and the Space Between podcast. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and medium, and here we explore life, death, consciousness, and what it all means. Today, I have Dr. Stephen Farmer on the show. Dr. Farmer is a licensed psychotherapist, shamanic practitioner, soul healer, and author of several best-selling books and oracle cards, including Animal Spirit Guides, Earth Magic, Earth Magic Oracle Cards, Children's Spirit Animal Cards, Healing Ancestral Karma, and the recently released Shaman's Path Cards. Dr. Farmer offers individual consultations and relationship counseling in person or remotely by phone or Zoom. Drawing from his wealth of his training and experience as a psychotherapist, shamanic healer, and trauma recovery specialist. He offers a popular individualized spirit, spiritual mentorship and life coaching program and serves on the board of the Society of Shamanic Practice. So welcome, Dr. Farmer. Oh, thank you, Amy. It's uh, delightful to be with you today. Excited to have you talking about some of the basics of what, let's start with the spirit animal and what exactly is a spirit animal, or I know you sometimes refer to it as animal spirit guide. Is there a difference? No, I, I think the terms uh, are can be used interchangeably. Animal spirit guide implies a little bit more in that they actually offer guidance as opposed to spirit animals, if you, I use them interchangeably, but the spirit animals just is a more uh, descriptive term of um, animals that come to you that are, you could say, messengers of great spirit or of, of God or spirit, however you want to say that. Um, it's a topic that really came to me, um, generated really by the, the work in shamanism, that uh, I was initiated into that about... Um, gosh, it's been 25 years or so, and recognizing that um, that was my next step. You know, as, as a therapist, I had a very active practice and enjoyed it very much. Uh, probably worked a little bit too much on Capricorn, but oh well. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just, there's been an evolution, as I'm sure it's true for you as well, you know, as different things have come to us, uh, as if spirit is calling to us and saying, hey, here's your next step. So shamanism really became a uh, I, I went to a two-day workshop, and it's not about becoming a shaman, but just being introduced to that whole realm of an ancient, ancient practice of recognizing that the world is really alive and communicating with us at all times in various ways that it communicates. And uh, one of those ways is through the animals, and thus the animal spirit guides, the idea that when an animal um, comes to you in an unusual way. That's what we look for, something unusual. Or another option is if there's an animal, whether the symbol or the actual physical animal shows up repeatedly in a short space of time, which is true of any, almost any signs, you know, we look for repetition. So either of those criteria are the criteria I use. I'll give you an example. Uh, I live in a fairly suburban neighborhood in Dana Point, California, and um, there is a, um, I call him my brother, Owl. <laughs> There's an owl, I think it's a barn owl, I couldn't, I'm not real clear, or a hoot owl of some sort that inhabits the neighborhood. And I remember one day, several weeks ago, walking out, taking my puppy dog for a walk in the evening, and I hear this, 
And so we start singing back and forth to each other. And I swear, this guy followed me all the way to the park where I walk my dog. And I went, well, not only is that a cool experience, but hey, Mr. Animal Spirit Guides guy, <laughs> you know, what's the message? Because, Amy, what happens I, in, in my way of working with this is there's, the, there's, there's three dimensions, you could say, to um, the animal. One, the animal, the physical animal or a symbolic representation, meaning like a picture of the animal or maybe a dream you've had about the animal where you don't actually see the physical animal, but they appear to you in some way, in some means, externally or internally. Uh, that's one. That's, that's the animal. Oh, that's pretty cool. An owl, you know, singing in the night and we get to play back and forth each other. Second, though, is yes, that, that animal, whatever it is, the physical animal particularly has a, you could say, a life force or a spirit. They're animated, you know, by the life force or spirit. So there is that individually for the owl, that life force that's animating this being. But the third dimension is where it gets very interesting. And that's when an animal shows up in an unusual way. Mm. You're sitting outside and enjoying the day and a crow lands right in front of you two feet away and gives you that old one-eyed look you know, out of the side of his face. Um, you're, you wake up with this big dream about a gorilla. You know, that's a symbolic representation, but it's a very memorable, very impactful dream. Um, those are instances where the animal would be showing up in an unusual way. And that's that third dimension is you could say they're kind of a, how would I say a sales rep, <laughs> you know, for great spirit in a particular form that can help you define or delineate what the message is. And we can get to that in a second, but that's basically an animal spirit guide, or like you asked, a spirit animal's fine. As long as you understand what that is, that it's um, um, an animal that comes to you in that way. And again, it could be the physical or the symbol of the animal, but in some way, they're, they're God or spirit is reaching out to you saying, hey, pay attention. And once you learn the art, and it really is more of an art than a science, uh, the art of being able to understand and interpret the message, then you, it's not the only way to get guidance, as you well know. You know, there's other ways, deceased loved ones or ancestors or whatever, but it's a pretty keen way to do it because you know, we're, we're so uh, intertwined with animals, you know, throughout the world. They're all around us, whether we see them or not, uh, and we do have unusual sightings. And it's, it's really clear to me, you know, after this many years and having written you know, a couple of books about this and oracle cards, that, that um, spirit is trying to help us along the way. And there's a lot of ways that spirit's trying to reach us. But this one, I think, is easier for people to understand and to be able to connect with is, oh, okay, I love animals. So let's try this out. I tell people, try it out. You know, don't believe me or disbelieve me. Just try it out. See what happens. You know, see what See what you notice, and people report back, and the feedback is amazing that I've had over the years of these kind of visitations. So is the meaning of the spirit animal have to do with the type of animal that comes to you, or? Yeah, good, yeah, good question. Um, there's a couple of different ways that you can uh, discern the message. One is a little more... Um, intellectual you use your brain to do a little figuring okay like you what you do is you take the characteristics of the animal example back to the owl 
The owl flies at night in the darkness. They're able to see in the darkness. Hear that as a metaphor as well. Uh, they, they, um, they're very stealthy. You know, you often don't really know where, like I was looking for this owl. I could not see until one night about a week ago. I went, oh, there he is. He's right there in the tree. And I saw this shadow fly away. So if you put all that together, those are possible messages for the, the observer, the one that, that um, is witnessing this uh, experience with the owl. One, it might say, okay, this is a time right now you got to be a little stealthy. Mm, okay. Uh, okay, this is the time that you're going to be working with shadows. Um, it may be your own shadows, meaning those parts of us that we don't always own or recognize. Or beware, not be freaked out or paranoid, but beware of other people's shadows. Another possibility would be that you now are able to see the other side of someone that you're interacting with, you know, their shadow side, the part of the self that you know, this got crammed away back when. Um, so those are possibilities. The other one that is connected with owl, because if you if you look at an image of owl, they got these great big eyes, like they really can see. And that could be a message that says, um, keep your eyes wide open. You know, there are signs and omens coming to you and you need to pay attention to those. Another one that's a little less obvious from the characteristics of the owl but um, the ancestors are with you now. Mm. That is um, something that um, other cultures that are familiar with owls often say, indicate that they, they say that's what the owl is really telling. The ancestors have a message for you. So that's an example. The other one, um, in addition to one way of looking at it is the, the uh, characteristics of the owl. I sometimes jokingly say, if you want to know, go look at my book, you know, because <laughs> the book does have uh, possible messages that right. you, you may be getting from this animal or this one. However, what I like to teach, Amy, is, is to go direct. Uh, shamanism, the practice of uh, shamanic practice, not being a shaman, but shamanic practice, which connects us with our deep ancestry, you know, everybody, every ethnicity, every culture uh, uh, has in their history some person you could call a shaman, uh, somebody who was the go-to person in the tribe. You know, they were the healer, the herbologist, the seer, the medium, etc. Um, but here's the deal. This is the one that's, I won't say my favorite, but it's what I want to encourage people to do. Ask the spirit animal. And the way you do that would be something like owl, not the physical owl, not just the animation of the physical owl, but that owl that's representing the oversoul or the collective consciousness of all owls. That's really, mm -hmm. really powerful. Owl, what's your message? And as soon as I ask that question, I pay attention to everything that comes to me. Hmm. What I see what might be external, what I see in my mind's eye, what I see, what I hear, the voice in the head, in the mind, mm -hmm. or maybe some passing stranger. You know, it could be internal or external. A third way is, I call it kinesthetic, for lack of a, a that's the best term I've come. Kinesthetic means just what you feel in your body, sensations that come to you, that uh, the prickles on the back of the neck, you know, anything like that. And the fourth way is a little 
it's hard sometimes to distinguish this fourth way from hearing, auditory, but it will call it cognitive. And that's a lot of times people will just know what the message, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, I think this, you're probably cognitive, at least in part. Yeah. You, just, you don't know why or how, you're not sure what you're seeing or hearing, but you just know. And uh, that's an absolutely legitimate way to receive the message. So um, lengthy explanation, but I think it's worth it, you know, for people listening is try this out. As I said to you earlier, and I tell people, don't believe me or disbelieve me, but be a scientist. You know, your best science is your experience. Mm-hmm. So next time something like this comes up, give it a shot, see what happens. And then related to all this is trust what you get. Always, right? Yes, always. You know this well, I'm sure, Amy. So anyway, that's a a relatively brief idea of how to identify and work with spirit animals. Is is a spirit animal always with you or do they come in and out? So, you know, people will say, uh, you know, an owl is my spirit animal. Um, is that consistent or the animals kind of ebb and flow depending on what you need to know That's and understand? That's a really good question. I think it's an important one too, because, uh, any animal can be a, a animal spirit guide, you know, domesticated animals can be an animal spirit guide, your deceased dog or your cat, you know, can be an animal spirit guide. You know, many people have said, I hear my cat, you know, they died two weeks ago and yet I hear her, you know, every so often. Um, the distinction when somebody says my spirit animal is a deer is this what they're really saying is something that you could call a totem or a power animal Mm. power animal in um, the traditions i've learned is that spirit animal that stays with you for many many years Whereas an animal spirit guide, which is sort of a general term for any animal that comes to you in that way, typically would be an animal in the wild, not always, but definitely when it's an uh, animal or a spirit animal associated with you and in relationship with you for years, that's an animal that's in the wild. You know, they're still not domesticated. So my puppy dog, Samson, when he goes, he could be a, a spirit animal, an animal spirit guide, but he can't be by this, by this, um, in this paradigm, can't be um, a, a power animal or a totem animal. And those two, for our purpose, those two terms are interchangeable. So a lot of times then people go, well, how do you find out what your power animal is? You know, what people sometimes call their spirit animal mm-hmm. that stays with them. And there's a couple of different ways. You could go um, recruit a shaman, uh, shamanic practitioner um, and ask them to help you find your power animal. That's one possibility. Another one though, is when an animal persistently comes to you again and again and again, you know, here's what you do again, close your eyes, take a couple of deep breaths. And let's say it's uh, oh, let's say it's Fox Fox spirit. Are you my power animal? And like I said before, then you pay attention to the answer that comes to you. They may say, no, but let me take you to someone. And they take you over to tortoise. (laughs) And then you say, tortoise, are you my power animal? And tortoise goes, yeah, yes, so. (laughs) You know, something like that. Um, So it's not just, let's say, repeatedly in over a period of two, three, four days. It's like again and again and again, you keep running this. You see billboards. You have dreams about the animal. 
they're really trying, they're knocking on the door, you know, of your consciousness and trying to say, hey, we're here to help. We're here to help. So that's the distinction I make between animal spirit guides and spirit animals and a type of spirit animal, which is a power animal or a totem animal. And again, I think for our purposes, the terms that are interchangeable, whatever somebody wants to call that animal, mm-hmm. that's, that's a significance. And they are a source of power. They're a source of divination, you know, being able to get messages. Mm-hmm. They can take you to other sources of uh, guidance. So they're, they're really an amazing um, spirit companion and spirit ally. And I've had since I began, uh, even before I began shamanic work, you know, wolf came to me and, uh, oh, excuse me, scratch that, uh, snake mm. came to me. That was the first time. I didn't even know what it was, you know, just some kind of totem animal or something. I wasn't sure what it was. And then it was a few years later as I began to understand it, that, oh, snake, and then became increasingly over the years, increasingly significant in terms of my relationship with snake, such mm. that my very first tattoo and at this point, my only tattoo is something I call two snakes. Mm. And there's a whole story behind that. We don't have time for that. But I, I got a t- tattoo commemorating my 70th birthday because my father and grandfather, God bless them, both died at age 69. Mm. Oh, so when wow. I hit 70, you know, it has that layer of meaning mm-hmm. plus two snakes represents DNA also, hmm. the intertwined serpents. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I go off on that story, but um, that in answer to your long answer to your question. Um, see, I warned you. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I mean, this is, this is new to me. So I'm always love to learn. So I'm just captivated. What, what, how do you know, how can you differentiate between a spirit animal and a loved one coming to you through an animal? Largely, it'll be your intuition that will tell you. There's people again and again after, let's say, grandmother, a beloved grandmother dies. Um, it, it could be, you know, within a few days or it could be two years. Uh, that that uh, dove, you know, lands right in front of you and looks at you. And there's this, um, uh, what I call a collaborative knowing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something that says, oh, that's grandma. Butterflies. Yeah. You know, seem to be very prominent with deceased loved ones or ancestors, as I would call them also, that come to you. They're, the best way I, so far, could tell you, tell someone about that is you just know. It's kind of like that cognitive I mentioned. You just know it pops into your mind. Oh, that's my dad. Okay. Now, it is it really your grandma? embodied in the form of an animal or is it a courier a messenger mm-hmm. based over the years i read my sense is more that it's a messenger mm-hmm. you know it's not actually grandma that's incarnated as a pigeon right <laughs> you know but she's she's somewhere out in the realm of the afterlife whether you call it heaven or anything else <clears throat> and and is wanting to reassure you <clears throat> pardon me mm-hmm. <clears throat> i'm going to mute just for one second sure um, it's to reassure you that, hey, I'm doing okay. Mm-hmm. And as you know from your own work, um, that's mostly, it's largely a message that comes across is, hey, this is cool. I don't have a body anymore. Right. It's not for a while. Right. You know? 
<laughs> I might kick in again, you know, in a few years from now, but right now I'm going to cruise. Right. You know, they're, basically, they're telling you we're okay. And that's the way that those animals can be. So owl for me really wasn't a, um, an ancestor. You know, it just didn't, it didn't click, you know, that mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, it just was, it was more that what we were talking about earlier, an animal spirit guide. Owl used to be a power animal, meaning I had, uh, he spent years with me, but power animals can change. Mm -hmm. He receded and Raven came in to mm -hmm. take his place as a winged creature. But I'm beginning to wonder now, because we've had so much interaction, whether He's come back to the nest, so to speak, hmm. no pun intended, and is ready to help me out in some way because there's been such repetition. Now, what I haven't done is what I've advised. I, I haven't said, Owl, are you back in the nest? You know, are you part of the team here again? And I think now that I say that, I think I have to do that because it's come up so much, especially in the last month. And it could oh. come up in real form, or you could be browsing at the bookstore and the book there is a book about owls or my son happened to last week or last just, yeah, I think it was last week we were talking at the dinner table and he was just reading about spotted owls. So we were talking about owls. Interesting. Um, so it could come up in, in any of those ways, right? It's just the repetition of it. Such as what you just said. <laughs> that for me is a repetition of yeah. owl yep. showing up again and again and again. Mm -hmm. Now he could be just, and not just, he could be a courier or a messenger. Uh, he invites me again and again. This is one that you, you don't think of as a characteristic of the owl particularly, but because you saw the guitar in the, the background here on the video, um, I actually, for a long time, I was really negligent about playing, you know, for whatever reason. And owl, along with other um, spirit guys uh, have reminded me again and again, hey, Stephen, sing. You need to sing. Mm -hmm. And so we sing to each other. And possibly, and I would be fine with that if that's the only reason he's showing up so much. But it's such a joy. He followed us to the park hmm. that first time all the way. And we'd sing to each other. And then he followed us back here, off into the trees, just a distance regardless of everything I've said about animal spirit guides, although I don't want to discount it, but the, the world becomes that much more magical when you start to interact with nature and the spirits of nature in general this way. Well, you and made, oh, go ahead. That's all, just an, an animal spirits are an aspect of the spirits of nature. Well, and you, this is a perfect segue because my next question was about earth magic and the different components that you talk about with earth magic, because it seems now more than ever before, we're needing to connect to this bigger, this, this notion that there's something bigger than ourselves. And I think it comes through the simplicity of nature. I totally agree, and that's what the whole premise really was for Earth Magic. It, it, to me, I think we get so, um, how would I put it, oh, complacent, I guess would be a fairly good word, with the world. You know, we have our houses, and, you know, especially these, you know, this way of staying, we can stay at home, um, and lock ourselves in a sense, not literally necessarily, but lock ourselves into certain patterns and routines to the cost of not 
um, enjoying and being in awe, A-W-E, awe of the simplest things in nature. Walking around, um, I wished I lived, you know, suddenly I wished I lived by some woods, you know, a forest that I could just go do a, what they call a forest bath. You know, where you walk through the forest, you breathe, you get the fresh oxygen, and you just basically bathe in all of the sounds, etc., of the forest. The park will do, the trees here will do. There's trees in the backyard. I just started a garden, you know, at this at this point, I'm getting my hands in the dirt. But to come back to what I'm saying is, if you if you just stop and not not just stop but pause, you know, when you're walking outside, it doesn't. It could be in a, an urban area, and there's only one tree, let's say, that's sticking up through the concrete. Pause for a second and just uh, be, literally be with that tree and there's something that begins to happen if you just stay with it and that's that you enter into this um i'll call it a collaboration it's mm -hmm. not just you it's the tree and the life force of the tree not even tree spirit you know the collective consciousness just even the life force of the tree and then you watch as the wind blows and it bends and you recognize that the tree embodies both the ascendant as well as the descendant you know the roots go deep into the earth at the same time there's this reaching towards the heavens what a marvelous characteristic how awesome that can be i get chills as i talk about it or um go out and walk on the grass but do it really slowly mm. and take your shoes off <laughs> Take your suit, I dare you guys, whoever's listening to this, I dare you, double dare you, triple dare you. Go outside for a while, take your shoes off. We actually receive, you know, science has shown this, we receive antioxidants from the earth. It's given very freely. There's a, um, a fellow that developed this, calls it earthing. Mm -hmm. if you want to look it up, earthing. Is it the com. same as grounding? I've heard it called grounding. Yeah, it, that's the principle is grounding. Yeah, he calls it earthing kind of weird to take a, a noun and turn it into a, a verb, but okay, we'll take it. But yeah, grounding, staying connected. We are so out of our bodies in so many ways. And the earth, the, the remembering, that's what one uh, teacher, mentor of mine says, you know, all the stuff that we do uh, in counter trainings and therapy and counseling and all this, it, it's really to help us remember who we really are. Mm -hmm. Cause we have, uh, as I've been told again and again, you know, we're, a very forgetful species. You know, we forgot our place in the natural world. And this thing that's kicking our rear end, you know, is, is I think one outcome of it is uh, the potential for um, enacting that deep memory. You know, we really are related. Uh, native peoples, they don't have a word for object hmm. or thing. You know, they're acknowledged as relatives. You know, the cloud people, the tree people, the animal people. Because that implies something more than just, oh, that animal that's out here, this object. Anyway, I could go on and on about that, but you get the point. Is It's, it's an awakening that's going on and, in many, many people. And do we have an element? I know there's obviously the four elements, but do we have an element that speaks to us for a reason in the same way that a spirit animal would or... Oh, yeah. Um, go out and listen to the trees. 
you know, or a tree. Well, I'm a, I'm a water person. Like I could sit and watch the waves come and like, there's something for me about that experience. There's a crackling that happens if there's rocks that when the water pulls back off the, the rocks that just, it feeds my soul. And as you say that, what do you feel in your body? Just like this sense of calm and how soon can I get back to finding that that sound again? Yeah, that's. Uh, thank you for the example, too. I understand your question now. Do we connect with one of, let's say, the four elements more strongly? Like for myself, it's earth. You know, let's face it. My name is Farmer. I know. I wanted to comment on that. I was like, what an amazing <laughs> name for an animal like a spirit animal teacher yeah and i you know i love the earth you know i've tried uh, oh i've done various water sports for instance i've done scuba diving i've made a half-hearted attempt at surfing and it never worked uh i i enjoy things with the water but where i really feel the best is on the land like i said i, I like going barefoot on the land mm -hmm. i'm the guy they, my neighbors know me as the guy that walks barefoot you know, unless it's super cold or something, which doesn't get that cold. Not, not like Chicago. Right. No, no. <laughs> Nothing like that. Not a know, lot of so. barefooting happening here many months of the no, year. No, 40 degrees is really, really cold here. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> like, above. that's a heat wave for us. Yeah. That, <laughs> yes. My sister lives in Minnesota. She's, I tried her every so often and say, yeah, I got really cold last night. It got down below 50. <laughs> right. You, you, know, had to, but, you had to bring out your down, down jacket. Yeah, something like that, you know. Anyway, um, so I'm, yeah, I think that if anybody, whoever's listening, if you just reflect on it, you can immediately identify with it. Like if you tend to be more intellectual, you enjoy those kind of pursuits, et cetera, you're probably more uh, attracted to air as an element. Uh, air, um, earth, again, like I say, somebody who's I'm from Iowa, the Midwest, mm -hmm. you know, that, that all makes sense. And I'm Capricorn, an earth sign. So bing, 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 you know, that all adds up to go, yeah, I'm more attuned to it. Mm -hmm. I started a garden just recently. Uh, in fact, I got it after we're done, I'm going to go out and dig some more, you know, and then plant either today or tomorrow. And I found um, just starting it out, because we had quite a bit of rain, I couldn't get to it at that time. I don't wear gloves, and there's something about just putting my hands in the dirt. You know, I, I feel it. Um, almost a mystical or earth magic, but a mystical and magical presence that goes beyond the usual self, hmm. you know, by just connecting and the act of gardening. There's a little voiceover once in a while says, God, this is hard. This is taking a long time. <laughs> and I just quiet that voice and get back to being present. Yeah. And it's, it's cool. It's very cool. Yeah. One of my friends has a guard, like a real, huge garden and every so often I'll go and weed and I'm there and I'm like I look back at what I've done and I'm like wait how have I been weeding for an hour and gotten a foot <laughs> or two uh, yeah, feet yeah, yeah, yeah I understand totally you know it's one shovel at a time and one piece of dirt because I got to break up the dirt I've got compost and everything's been brewing for a while and certain plants that I, I want to give it a go I have planter boxes um, for a number of reasons, uh, limited space, and also the sun in the front. It comes, there's more sun in the front of the house. 
So I, again, invite anybody who's listening, you know, you don't have to grow like a whole garden. Maybe get a couple of pots, mm-hmm. um, put some tomatoes, you know, in the pots. Those are pretty easy to grow. You know, but something about nurturing life in that way, nurturing something along. And you develop, you actually end up having, not end up having, but you develop a relationship with that plant or those plants. Um, I'm, a book that I've been slowly um, reading and pouring through, um, I would recommend highly. It's very, very interesting. She, the author, Robin Kimmerer, it's called Braiding Sweetgrass. Braiding Sweetgrass. And um, she's not only a really good writer, but she has a connection with, um, she's Poetami, which is a native uh, tribe that is in upstate New York or nearby, or Canada, New York. And she's also an ecologist. She's a scientist. Hmm. So she's got both angles. And I highly recommend, I've really been enjoying it, you know, just the way she describes, again, things we're talking about. Mm -hmm. They've influenced me. When I started my garden, I'm making a habit every morning of reading you know, before I do my, my downloads, you know, my meditations. And so I've been reading her book, you know, a chapter at a time. And interestingly enough, when I was ready, I got all the stuff ready to do the gardening. And the chapter I was reading was about gardening. Hmm. So again, nice synchronicity. Right. And alignment. An alignment. That's a good way to put it in. Excuse me. Well, I don't mean to mute when I do that. This was so interesting and eye-opening for me today. If people are interested in hearing more about your work or finding your work, where can they find you? Oh, and Dana Point. No, I'm being a smarty. <laughs> I, I would like to come find you there. It's, it's... Yeah, you know, in, in the summer, you know, it's the best time to come. <laughs> or spring, it's probably even better, fall or spring. Anyway, they can find my uh, stuff on um, um, Facebook is Dr. Stephen Farmer. And then my website is Dr. Dr. abbreviated, drstephenfarmer.com. And also um, you could find, well, I'm in about to do the fourth in a series of Thursday afternoon for West Coast uh, called Community Gatherings. And I suspect those are gonna go on for some time every Thursday at four o'clock Pacific time. You can find that information on the Facebook and also on the website and uh, you can sign up for a mailing list too. So you get updates periodically about what I'm up to. So uh, check them out that way. Um, I do, I'm still, I'm doing online uh, sessions and mentorship and such like that. And uh, jumping into a couple of juicy writing projects here pretty soon. So <laughs> eager to get that going. Well, we'll look forward to hearing about those. Maybe you'll come back and talk about what those are when they're. Sure. I had to Amy. You're a good, good host, host or hostess. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, you got it. Thanks, Amy. All right. Thank you. Be good people. All right. Take care. Like what you heard today and want to hear more? Curious about what comes next and what it all means? You can subscribe on iTunes. Just go to podcasts and find life, death, and the space between and hit subscribe. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Amy Robbins. Ask me any questions you might have. Let me know what else you'd love to hear about or just share your story. I can't wait to hear from you.